welcome to the Grace of Favorite Podcast, hosted by no other your girl Akira. Today, you can probably tell by the title of this podcast. If you're tuned into YouTube right now, you can tell by the fit that this episode is about my experience growing up in Los Angeles, South Central Los Angeles, to be exact, and my journey from there to now living in Atlanta, Georgia. But I first just want to thank people for the support, the feedback from the last episode, and just the love. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you're new here, go back to the first episode. And, you know, I talk more about, you know, what the podcast is about and what it means to me. This episode is a little bit more about me and what LA means to me and what Atlanta means to me. So let's hop right into it. First of all, there's no talking about Akira without talking about LA. I'm an LA native. LA is in my blood. Literally both of my parents are from Los Angeles. So my South Central story starts with them. Just a little background, you know, my parents, they're both from South Central Los Angeles. Like the original South Central love story is Audie and Sheila Williams, okay? But I think to get more context, their parents came from the South. So if you're Black in LA, you probably have the same story that I have of your roots being from the South. So my dad's side of the family, his parents were from Shreveport, Louisiana. My mom's parents were from Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. So Google the Great Migration. If I got to explain to y'all one day, I will, because I'm really big on people knowing their history. You know, that's very important. So I know my history. I don't know as far back as Africa. You know, I don't know what tribe I came from, but I do know that um, my roots are from the South from that era of slavery and somewhere mixed in there, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, that's just a whole nother story. We talk about LA though. It's just, it's a lot of history. So I haven't met my grandparents on my dad's side. Um, I do have pictures, but I very much know that the way, like everything they instilled in my dad um, is very prevalent in me. I'm still a product of them. I've known my grandmother on my mom's side um, since I was six and she passed away. The story goes without getting too deep of how they ended up in LA, pretty much. Um, great Migration, shoot, damn, there you go. <laughs> just just look up the Great Migration. It is a big migration of, peop- of Black people in the South that moved up North of the US and some that went to the West of the US. So when you have Black people in South Central Los Angeles, like, we got that South Central hospitality because a lot of our roots are ingrained in the South, whether that be from Texas. And there are a wave of us from Los Angeles that are moving back to the South, but um, for other reasons, you know. So that's that. Um, My parents grew up, my mom, (laughs) Watts, South Central, born and raised. My dad, um, more so how I was kind of raised. I grew up in a Christian household. My dad was a pastor, so, you know, his upbringing was very much um, education. You know, he went to college, went to Cal Baptist, and he played basketball. He grew up more structured household. And then my mom, she grew up um, single mother and three older brothers. And so I think that is so important because I had to learn. My mom, she's very tough love. And so as a kid, sometimes you're kind of like, why? Like, this about all like me. But no, like, when I understood her story and everything, everything that she went through, I understand her more. That's important because I have, like, a weird but, like, <laughs> interesting balance of both of my parents. But to me, like, they're just total opposites. My dad was, like holier than thou, like peaceful and calm, cool, collected. And my mom is like, South Central, don't play with her. I think I'm more, I like to think I'm more of like, you know, my dad's every now and then like stuff happens and I'm like, oh shoot, that's Sheila's daughter. Like, (laughs) let me calm it down a notch. So pretty much, um, I grew up in a two-parent household in South Central, which is considered the hood. I feel like South Central is always talked about in a negative connotation, even to the point where they changed the name to now South LA, but it will always be South Central to me, okay? Yes, it is the hood. Yes, there's gang culture, there's all of this, but 
my upbringing, um, when I think of growing up it, in South Central LA, it is, it's pretty positive, okay? Maybe one, so I grew up pretty, for the most part, sheltered, but n not like so, with so much restraint. Like, you know, I don't think, my, my mom was the disciplinary in the household. My mom would whoop me, okay? My mom would my ass, okay? Um, and I feel like going to school, teachers kind of picked on me a little bit because they knew my dad was a pastor. And so like any little thing that I did, like they would tell my dad, but then of course my dad would tell my mom and then my mom would be like, well, you like that to school. So I'd be scared to go home because I know I was going home to a whooping. <laughs> and my parents are old school, okay? So let me rewind because I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. And this is why I have my little handy dandy because there's just a lot of topics to just pinpoint. My parents, they met in a church, um, McCoy Memorial, shout out McCoy. That um, church is important because one, my grandfather, my dad, he deacon there. That is the church that my father was inducted into the ministry. Um, my parents met at McCoy and married there. That was the church I was baptized in. And that is the church where my grandmother and my dad, we had their funeral. So everything, Started at McCoy, off over there on like Vernon and Avalon, okay? South Central beginning love story. My mom, when she met my dad, you know, she was a single, single mother, my sister. They got married in 86. Yeah. So my dad, like, just discovering his calling to preaching and everything. No one probably would have thought that, like, they would get married. You know, just in a church, people can be judgmental. It is what it is like you know people probably want to think that my dad would end up with my mom who was a single mother but they did and they came together i mean they had a lasting long marriage and it's just a beautiful thing seeing just opposites come together and i mean like what you want to raise your kids in south central los angeles <laughs> and <laughs> i think that was a part of the reason why they were a little bit protective of me because i mean they grew up in los angeles like in the 70s and so if you watch snowfall um which is a pretty good show it kind of sets the setting of where they the area that they kind of grew up in so they met and had my brother had me all of us grew up in South Central Los Angeles. My dad went to Manual Arts High School. My mom went to Fremont. My brother went to Manual Arts and my sister went to Washington. I went to Downtown Magnets for high school. I explained to people that I was pretty sheltered. And I think even if you're like sheltered in LA, I mean, cause you still gotta go to school and stuff like that. Like you still see a lot of stuff that you probably shouldn't see. I mean, I just have memories. My memory is terrible, but there's a instant fear that's kind of instilled in you when you get a certain age. You know, when I think back at my childhood, like I feel like I had a childhood. Like I grew up, I played outside, you know, I had innocence as a kid. And probably I would say middle school is when things hit that safety is important so my mom always ingrained in me to always be aware of my surroundings and she's also someone that watches like first 48 and like criminal channels and stuff like that so a little like a lot of that fear actually was instilled in me even to this day habits of certain things just growing up where i grew up and so i will say the dynamic of you know growing up in the household first of all it was easy for me being sheltered because i wasn't really a kid that wanted to too much <laughs> because it was already instilled in me that like I don't want to go to this party over there because I'm not trying to get shot up like it, it was just the reality to me so I didn't really experience my first actual function that was dangerous until I went to college came back and ooh, that is a whole nother story but pretty much it was a party off of it was somewhere deep like deeper so let me explain Los Angeles just the the landscape of LA, you know, people come to LA, you know, there's Hollywood, there's the hills and everything. South LA is like a grid. So there is blocks, blocks, houses are close. My neighbors, <laughs> so always on the right side, they were Mexicans and um, on the left side was Mr. Ball. Mr. Ball is the grandfather of the balls that play basketball. So he's the patriarch of the Ball family. So we grew up next to him. He owned this triplex that he would rent out tenants and everything. His grandchildren, 
I, I mostly uh, remember one of them, Jalen. We would play outside. Childhood was fun. We'd play outside, water balloon fights, and water guns, ice cream trucks, the beat beat man, <laughs> um, and just a, a good time. Being a child in South Central, you know, in the early 2000s, like, it was fun. Like, it was, um, you know, knocking on your friends, they're like, hey, can such such come outside? Like, we, you know, we want to play. The adults, like, it was the street, at least I grew up on, it was community. You have the old people, like, you know, peeking out. Like, we looked out for each other. And I think that now, anywhere you kind of go, um, people just kind of be, I'm kind of the same sometimes. Like, I don't have a sense of community here in Atlanta. For one, I live in an apartment. Um, I only know a lady that stays across from me and like a few of my neighbors, but I appreciated that my childhood was a childhood. Like, I can't say that I truly experienced trauma. And that's why I have so much of a, a soft spot for children because I just hate that everyone's story of a child is not, it's not the same that, you know, they haven't experienced this innocence, that it's ruined by abuse and rape and just stuff that children should not have to deal with. And so that is my heart and my core. And I think that every child deserves, you know, innocence. They deserve to be a child. They shouldn't be a child making these adult decisions and figuring out like their next meal what they're going to eat or who's going to provide for them. so i went to elementary school kindergarten at normandy of elementary shout out woo woo miss washington that was my teacher okay um, she was also down the street lived down the street from me my neighbor and then from there from first grade to eighth grade i went to the school called 32nd street usc magnet and so it was a visual performance art school 32nd street is so important to me the person that I am because it shapes so much, I feel like, of my creativity. One, growing up in a church and being a part of choirs and everything did that. That was really the start of just becoming. <laughs> and a lot of people, they, they look back at like high school and everything, but for me, 32nd Street was like, so 32nd Street is across the street from University of Southern California. So I went to public school all my school experience from elementary to high school. And 32nd Street Magnet, you can tell my name is on 32nd Street. If <laughs> people joke about it, USC is like University of South Central and it kind of is. Like it's, you know, less south of South Central, but you know, it is still surrounded by the hood. Going there really shaped, geez, my creativity, my, I mean, there's just so many memories that have there and lifelong connections and friends that I have that stem from that school. I mean, from the teachers and just the experiences and classes that we took. And I'm a huge advocate of bringing art back into the school because without it, without like play production class, we took music class, we took dance class, we had dance recitals. We had recitals at the Boulevard Auditorium, which where the Temptations performed at, but it was right next to, uh, the school was right next to the Shrine Auditorium. So there was just so much just poured into us. This is a public school at that. And I feel like just the experience is just hard to just put in words. In kindergarten, majority, Normandy Ave, majority of the uh, kids I went to school with were black. So when I first went into the first grade at 32nd, this is me, I'm like five years old, okay? The world to me was like, there are black people and there are white people. So I thought every Hispanic was white at first. <laughs> I thought it was black people, there's white people, and then if they're questionable, they're just mixed, right? And so that really opened up my eyes, like, you know, to Hispanics, the Mexican majority at the time. In LA, it's Mexican. That is the number one Hispanic race is Mexican. And I didn't realize I moved for the first time to the East um, in Miami, that there's Puerto Ricans, there's Dominicans, there's Costa Ricans, there's, you know, just a plethora. But my reality growing up was that there are Mexicans, <laughs> a few El Salvadorians, a few Guatemalans, um, but that was the main core of Hispanic culture in LA. 
we were just this whole melting pot of kids that grew up like in the same area for the most part and I think it just it was a beautiful thing looking back at it parents were involved my dad coached at the school I went to he coached high school but I was in middle school because it was a K through 12 school if you went there like it's an experience like no other you know we were baby kids on the yard and we freaking had a blast I mean it didn't matter like I mean I was teased in middle school but you know I had my crew that stood beside me we were all there just having a freaking good time like we're kids and learning and just you know figuring out ourselves my memories of middle school are really just I say more prevalent than high school <laughs> I'm not gonna, like, even when people add me on Instagram in high school I'm like did I learn from middle school or like that's how bad my memory is terrible but good times good times like I'm just having a nostalgic moment so after going to 32nd Street my homeschool was Crenshaw my parents didn't want me going there they didn't want me going to manual arts so literally first day of class 2009 I didn't know what school I was going to my dad was taking me from school to school because at 32nd Street you had to apply to go to the high school even if you went to the middle school so I was telling my parents that my parents didn't listen to but I, I wasn't on the roster the first day of school. I didn't have any classes. It was full. So they tried to take me over to this new school, West Adams. They were full. Told me to check out Downtown Magnets. Downtown Magnets is in downtown Los Angeles. So I go there, first day of school. I already see some kid that used to crip up in my middle school there. So I was like, oh shoot. Downtown Magnets, it's literally like a box. It's a small school, I don't know how many graduated in my class, maybe less than 200 if I were to guess. I'm not that really good at measuring numbers. I went there, stuck there in my head. When I first went there, I was like, you know, I'm going here for one year, then I want to go to Hamilton. <laughs> Everyone was either going to Hamilton, uh, Fairfax. I wanted to go there. Those were the two schools, but they were always far. But to my parents, I'm like, it doesn't matter because I'm taking the school bus. Like, I've been taking the school bus since elementary and my first school 32nd was like 10 minutes less than 10 minutes away from, from my house but I will always hop on that school bus at MLK elementary my dad will walk me there that was like the, probably the last stop because it was so close to the school and even in high school I took the bus um, manual arts was my bus stop and it would take us through downtown so looking back like just a ride to downtown I really experienced like the building of downtown, like the new building, the construction and everything, because we had to go through that to get to the school. And so it's amazing just to think like, wow, like the development and everything uh, and just seeing that in real time. So downtown magnets, high school. My high school experience is not like the typical high school experience. First of all, we didn't have a football team. There were no cheerleaders. We did have basketball. I played basketball in my senior year. It wasn't like this cliquish or it was, to paint a picture, like downtown, it's, it was a school full of like hipsters. Everyone is pretty much acceptable. Like no one really gets teased for anything if you're gay or nothing. Like no one gets bullied for anything. So it was, you know, a pretty fresh breath of air coming from like the school where it's like you know kids kind of pick on each other in middle school whatever mature but it was a pretty mature high school like when I think about it and very diverse I went to school with a lot of Filipinos of course Mexican and black people and other Asians everyone was pretty chill cool I was that girl that I was friends with anybody like I didn't care you know if you were a freaking nerd like I I was cool with people. We had class together, like we associated with each other. Um, but I did have my best friend, Sandy. Shout out Sandy if you see that, I miss you girl. She was half Vietnamese and half Cambodian. Crazy girl, crazy girl, <laughs> okay. And then I had my school best friend. Those were majority of the people that we were on the same route that most of us were, you know, getting bus to South Central. And it was cool. One thing about growing up in LA is that you become a natural advocate for things because there's so many issues in LA and there's so many issues that you're exposed to, like homelessness, global warming, women's rights, gay rights. And so like, no matter your background, you end up finding yourself fighting for rights. Like if you're from LA, 
and haven't been to a protest or, you know, haven't signed any type of petition or nothing, like it is ingrained in us to like fight for human rights. And so I do appreciate that aspect of downtown magnet. I was a part of ASB, which was, what's that stand for? Associated Student Body. So it was kind of like a leadership or something like that. But, you know, the kids come together and like plan the events and everything. And so we made sure we touch base on everything, Black history, Hispanic heritage, with like API heritage, like pride. Like it was a school that was accepting of everything. And I don't even know if that was in the school's mission, but it was just kids from, you know, different areas of LA that we were all here. And it's a small school. Like you, like <laughs> you can't come up in downtown Magnus acting brand new, thinking that you're that, like you're going to run. Like, no popularity is not a thing like it first of all it's a small school so it would be a laugh like when freshman kids would come and be like i'm gonna take over high school like girl this downtown mags we like sit your behind down like cool <laughs> we cool over here but yeah i really i really love that i went to that school so it's a magnet school for technology business and fashion so i went to the business school and learned a lot about marketing that's why i say like College to me almost became a little bit of a breeze because I already went to that magnet school. And so I was taking marketing classes. We were taking accounting classes. We were going on the 50th floor of these high rise companies, PwC, Delaware, whatever the name is and stuff. And so, yeah, my education journey in LA, like people like to knock public schools, but hey, one, it was free. And I learned a lot. You know, I wasn't a, a straight A student, like, you know, I was a C student you know, these stuff like that, but don't not in public schools, okay? Like, fund them, pay them teachers because child, they do so much. They shape the perception of things, especially taking history class. Shout out Mr. Jost at Downtown Magnets. Like, I took uh, AP US History, uh, passed the test, felt, felt, he failed me. It's okay, it's okay, Mr. Jones. Just the diversity and teachers that I had. It was a great experience. That's school. I'm not gonna talk any more about school, okay? Let's talk about more, let's get more into the culture of LA. <sighs> Where to freaking start? LA, obviously, it is overpopulated, but for the most part, growing up, majority of the people that I know were from LA, actually. Probably everyone that I knew was from LA. My family, people I was to school with, friends and stuff, were all from LA. People, you know, like to move there and be like, oh, people from LA are fake and everything. And it's like, so when I when I moved here in Atlanta, I have an understanding that everyone from Atlanta is not from Atlanta, especially the time I moved. Um, and so I can't go based off of that perception. For the most part, I think Atlanta people are cool. People that grew up here, I think they're cool. Um, down to earth, very similar to, you know, people that, I'm used to being around at home. Uh, people, of course, want to know, going up to South Central, like, you know, and it's an ongoing joke when, people, when you tell people where you're from, what part of LA you're from, it's like, oh, dang, so you bang and stuff. Bang, uh, pop, right? No, I don't bang. <laughs> First of all, I mean, I know people that bang. I'm related, but, um, you know, I'm not a gangbanger. I feel like... Uh, my brother probably has a different perception of like, I and mean, he's not a gangbanger either, but I feel like um, there's probably, there's just a little more pressure on guys as far as that goes. Um, but I'm a female, I never really felt the need to bang. I mean, like, I understand it and I understand the foundation of it, you know, and it definitely changed before and definitely prevalent in the times that I was growing up in LA. But I think that more gangbangers did understand like the foundation of, you know, semi from the Black Panther Party, and there would be, you know, less murdering of each other. And so my first realization of, oh shoot, gangbanging is like dangerous, was middle school. And I remember this specific day, the principal went on the intercom because this had to be probably the end of the school year. So kind of creeping into summertime. 
And mind you, the school like is on 32nd and you know, they got majority of us were from South Central. So the principal went on the intercom and basically made this announcement. And we're in middle school. This No, actually I was in elementary. I was in fifth grade. She made an announcement that, you know, to be careful of gang activity. Mind you, we have like elementary kids that are gang banging. And so I didn't really understand it, but it was just, uh, just she just went on warning us and, and went deep into it too, like talking about like the colors and stuff like that. And we're in elementary, like we don't know. And so I remember kids like crying and I remember this one particular kid, I won't say his name, but he was crying because he knew the area that he had to go to and he was scared. So he made me scared because like, you know, I grew up off of King and Western, kind of like 40s, 41st and Vernon. That was his second house, pretty much my childhood house. Our first house we lived in, I was four years old when we moved. Um, not to say I didn't have like a hop around, move around childhood, but that was literally that one. First home was like off of, um, it was like in the 80s off of Butlong. And then we moved into a big house in the hood off of King and Western. And so that day, I remember it was a Wednesday because <laughs> I had Bible study that night because my dad was a pastor. So my dad drove a baby blue Cadillac and I can't tell you the year, but it had like navy leather seats. It was like, it was nice. And so usually like, you know, around that time I come home, do my homework, whatever, and then we go to Bible, uh, Bible study. So it's my dad and my mom um, on the front, in the front, and then me in the back seat. I remember I'm in the back seat, like <laughs> laying down on the floor because I was scared because the way the picture that she painted was that they were like shooting at cars and stuff like that. And my dad drove a baby blue Cadillac. So I was scared for my life and they probably didn't understand. I was just laying, well, not on the floor. I was laying on like the seats ducking and I didn't even tell them anything about it. Like I'm just you know, try to protect myself in case anything went down. We were going through Vernon and then making that that on Western. The church he was ministering at that time, yeah, it was off of like a hundred, I want to say a hundred and six in Western, but like it was deep in the hood. So that commute like was scary. <laughs> I was scared for my life. So that was my first understanding of gangs like in the danger that came with it, especially, you know, hearing of people dying, you know, from gang activity and summertime is like the worst. Summertime is active. You don't want to be out past a certain time. Like, no, <laughs> There's this, there was this thing. I remember the Bloods, I guess we're doing, they had this thing called 100 nights or 100, something like that. But they were, um, and I hope this don't shoot like, uh, <laughs> make me a target or nothing exposing this but people know people know now that okay about y'all bloods but there was this thing that um if a person had their lights off or something and if you blink at them because usually you would do that to tell them that their headlights are off um then they would fire your car up and so that was the thing like they just had different i guess pretty much initiation processes every summer and it was hard to stay on top of it. So that part really just brought fear. And at, at that moment, like stuff just started becoming not fun anymore. Like, you know, you can't go to a party home, without the chances of it getting shot up. I do feel like um, by the time I went to high school, I feel like things got better. Um, not necessarily the best, but things did get better. Like, I feel like if I were to do a history run of statistics of killings that were related to gang between 2009 and 2012, or even past it, like 2016, even when I was going to college, like then it would have been significantly low than when I was in elementary middle school. For the record, I mean, usually from LA, like you, if you don't bang, like you definitely know somebody or by association or just maybe the area that you grew up in without even knowing like <laughs> you know like it's just 
it is a concept that you have to be aware of. And this isn't to scare people. I feel like people aren't so much on colors anymore as they were before, but like I remember, and I'm a female, I remember as an adult, like just going downtown trying to get in this club and I had a bad hair day. So I had on a cap. It wasn't this cap. It was like a girly cap. It was like gray with a pink brim and it just had the letter A on it. And they let me in because they just don't mess with hats because in case it has any type of association, which is understandable now. At that time, I didn't understand. I'm just like, I'm a girl. I'm having a bad hair day. We just trying to have fun. I don't want to hurt nobody just trying to part. And they weren't letting me, so I just had an attitude. I don't understand because it, it'd be real. It'd be real. Like, and right now, the thing that is going on crazy right now in LA is um, robberies. People are robbing. People are robbing on Melrose daylight daylight robin gunpoint so, y'all think la is you know palm trees and vacation but you better go there you better be aware of your surroundings and careful okay that's that so what else do i have on my list to talk to favorite memories if you're from la like you got love for all of for all of la really california you got love for the bay you got love for compton inglewood like it is all of us only if you're a part of the gang it's like certain sections you probably don't mess with or zones or whatever you don't mess with but like, i have family scattered all throughout so i just one of my favorite memories during the summer was just going to or like on weekends we'll be going to my uncle's house in compton and you know my cousin there and that's just in the backyard i was always shy dancing they broke me out of my shell a little bit and so and then just to ride back with my dad that ride back from Compton back to King Western and taking a freeway and just seeing the beautiful downtown skyline with the mountains and everything. And I would say a lot of my favorite memories are just the drive in LA. Like, I mean, it is a very scenic area, even in the hood, um, you have the tall palm trees, the sunsets are the best. Um, driving down PCH, uh, it's, it is beautiful and it's it's something you don't really appreciate until you i guess move there i mean but even if you still live there i still have friends that live there they appreciate it hiking trails it, it is a beautiful beautiful place favorite memories just being a child summertime we have three months kids now got like a week and <laughs> a few weeks like what are they doing now with these kids it's the early 2000s summertime in la what more else could you be mad about in life Oh, it's experience like no other. So a few things that, you know, the effects of growing up in the hood. I haven't even gotten to moving into Atlanta yet. <sighs> but there are things that are still ingrained in me, like one, being aware of your surroundings. And I, I don't think I have paranoia. So one of the things that I can't stand what people do is like, you're going to a grocery store or something like that, and they're like walking right behind you. <laughs> so... <laughs> This is a few things, and this is just not even growing up. This is just growing up in a hood or just growing up, like, in a metropolitan area. Like, there's just certain things with people that you just don't do. And that can trigger, like, a little bit of anxiety that people don't realize. And one of them, and this happened to me today when I was leaving Target, someone is, like, walking right behind me. Now, mind you, there is COVID and monkeypox and everything, but, like, me, like... Every time, like, you know, I'm I'm out and about, like, it's <laughs> my mom's voice. Be aware of your surroundings. She will always test me on things. Just random, like, we'll go to a corner store or something like that, and then we'll get in a car, and she'll be like, what color shirt did the cashier have on? Oh, no. <laughs> See, you weren't aware of your surroundings. What I tell you, you need to be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> like, don't get Sheila started. Yeah, so one of the things, I like, don't walk up close behind me. Other people could probably relate, like, I hate it when people randomly start running. Like, they'll be in a grocery store and they might be in a rush or something, but like me, when I see someone running, it's associated with fear because I've been in those situations. So you see a group of people running, like you run with them. <laughs> Don't run in public if it is not for like a real urge, like because, I mean, 
I can't tell you what to do, but like be aware, like that is traumatizing. If I'm walking into a grocery store and I see someone running out, I'm not gonna wanna go in that grocery store because I'm thinking that something dangerous is happening. And in LA, like dangerous stuff happens at grocery stores. I've seen in Albertsons off of King and Crenshaw inside of the um, Bali Hills Plaza, this guy, this is like at the fish market all the way in the back. If you go in the back of the hour since this guy picked up the register and like bang this dude on the head with like, even if you're sheltered, there's things you hear outside. You just peek outside your window. Like there, it is a movie every day. It, it's a funny movie. I mean, it's, it's a scary, it's a drama movie. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything. <laughs> also, one of the things I gotta say, you at a party if you anywhere in a fight pops off you leave people like to stay around and instigate me no i am out because nine times out of ten that fight is gonna end up with some shooting and we ain't trying to get got no another thing like i lock my doors even though now i live in a pretty safe neighborhood i didn't know this was a thing that people don't lock their doors i lock my bottom and my top so yeah this is part of the reason why a lot of people from la like have a story <laughs> and you know I talked about in my last episode how much my family talks it's because they have stories and my mom like grew up growing up in South Central in the 70s and experiencing that like she has stories for days just the stuff that you just see in the hood and it's crazy it's a lot of just things you take in daily so let's talk about LA culture music I love talking about music, okay? Music is important for us people in LA, in California. Um, there's no talking about LA without talking about Tupac. There's no talking about music. There's no talking about LA music and there's no talking about music, period, without talking about Tupac Shakur. Yes, we are aware that he was not from LA, but LA is where he became a man. You know, some LA natives, necessarily don't always talk in the lightest just because LA people were very territorial <laughs> like and especially part of the game like you're very territorial but I feel like Tupac and the same with Nipsey it's like no matter I don't care what gang you're from like you're gonna respect like those two because I mean um it was it's beyond game I talk about how much I love rap um majority of the rap when I say I love rap it is west coast rap I love the history i love like the g-funk era even though that was before my time like no matter what period of time you were born in la you better know your dog on history you when that when you go to a function and they play that nate dog and snoop dog you better go off okay like there's just certain things like and every city has their things but it is what it is. Like, people don't understand Snoop the way we understand Snoop. I feel like LA, it's like, only the real ones understand. Like, you know, y'all, I mean, you see mainstream Snoop and everything, but it's like, people don't appreciate our style, I guess, that whole era of music. Dr. Dre produced beats, like really just creating that sound. And then coming with the lyrics and telling the stories, like, oh. But my era of rap, cause I am a 90s baby, early 2000s, you know, 2010s and stuff like that. I would say the era that my generation could claim as far as LA, that would be like the Jerkin, that would be like YG, that would be freaking uh, Tyga at times. Like, don't knock Tyga. Tyga, <laughs> Young Money Tyga, and even after, boy. <laughs> Game, we would still rock it with him after G-Unit. He tells good stories in his raps. Regardless of what y'all think, that man can rap, okay? Of course, and I'm fast forwarding too fast, uh, Kendrick Lamar, like, come on. <laughs> I also have a deep appreciation for like underground, for, like Dom Kennedy, Casey Veggie, so many greatness in West Coast rap that I think it's overlooked and people clown it, but like YG, YG, if they ain't playing YG at a party, what your party is weak <laughs> if they play that left right if they play that <laughs> like real ones though like you go to LA function like and they play like 
Atlanta music. And that's the beautiful thing about me living in Atlanta is because I go to places people probably wouldn't expect me being from LA knowing like all the songs, but it's like, yeah, like we went off to that stuff. Like we went off to the whole lean with it, rock with it era. If it was dance, LA was on it. Like we, we was crumping to that. We was crumping to Little John. It is not just Atlanta exclusive. And I think that people from Atlanta definitely understand like the culture spread it. Y'all got y'all appreciation when it comes to this music and um, culture thing. If there was not any Atlanta music, that would take away like 8% of the fun that I had as a child. <laughs> we were definitely on that. We were definitely on the Yin Yang Twins. We were definitely on Outkast. Like, like going to out, out here in Atlanta. Them Atlanta DJs, y'all get in that whole dancing area, walk it out. What? Atlanta music, definite appreciation for. Atlanta definitely has something to say and they said it. Okay. <laughs> I'm now trickling into now talking about Atlanta. So I was going through my like list of just the facts of growing up in LA. We are loyal to our soil. If you have a love for LA, you have a love for the Bay, you have, and especially like if you're into music, you, we know we love our E40, we love our Too Short. I have family up in the Bay. So we go off, especially outside of the state, it's different inside the state. It's the same every state. You probably have experienced that if you grew up in the state, you move out of the state, you meet someone else that grew up in the state. Even though they grew up in the Bay, I grew up in LA, you rap with that person and that is your person. <laughs> so that's been my experience, but there's actually a lot of people that moved from California to Atlanta. I realized that first off the bat. I just think that, I wish there were more events. Maybe that's something I need to start. That would be, cause it was my dream to be a DJ. That would be great. They used to have this thing called Cali Picnic out here. Of like just people from California would come. I think YG performed one year at it. This was before I moved here, but it was just LA culture. And I need to be more, I, I need to find, I need to find where my folks at out here. I just think there needs to be more appreciation for our music. Cause of course they play like New York. New York is, definitely up there for when it comes to music in the Atlanta. But what I be wanting to hear is some, I want to hear some YG pop, shake it. I want to hear like, I want to hear that air like. I love to blast my West Coast. I, I like now that people, when they go, they want to do more than just see Hollywood, Walk of Fame, and see the stars and stuff. Like, when people visit, they hit me up, and it's like, yo, like, you're from South Central, like, where do I need to go? I'm like, oh, first of all. <laughs> well, it's probably a little easier now, because I've noticed every time I go home, like, certain parts of South Central LA are, like, tourist areas. Over there by Sloth and Swap, man, I'm like, hold up, swole up. <laughs> South Central is so big, you can't even fully gentrify the whole area because it's so big, the culture is still gonna be there. And the gangs are gonna run out to people. <laughs> the people that think that it's all peachy and stuff, no. I just find it funny, like. Y'all used to call us hood rats. And now y'all trying to claim turf, like, okay. Y'all was not trying to come down here until now all of a sudden, okay? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. But they building up like Inglewood and stuff, which is cool. Inglewood always been a nicer area, like South LA to me though. At one point, Inglewood was, I think LA, and then they became their own city. So I guess they made changes to that. Maybe because it's, it's kind of a little closer to the airport. So you kind of get that side of Inglewood that is like, you know, feels more nicer. Where I grew up, I never really talked about the area I grew up. King of Western, growing up on King of Western, first of all, Martin Luther King Boulevard is what I mean when I say king. Every year they would have the Martin Luther King parade. So all I had to do was walk down the street. They usually would end the parade um, on the street that I grew up on. So we would see, no, they would either start it or end it there. I think every year it would switch up or something like that. I would say where I grew up, it was only a little bit safer because the police station was down the street. It's still like South Central, but pretty much the deeper you go into numbers in a hood is the more like, you know, hood it gets. I mean, you hear the helicopters, but it was a little bit more safe. Police station was down the street, less than a mile away from University of Southern California and on the main street of King. The house that I grew up in, that house never got broken into. One, maybe it's because there were 
bars on the windows. Like we always had dogs, that was our security. Big dog, small dog. But yeah, the house didn't, never got broken into. I don't know if it's cause it was an anointed house, you know? They knew a pastor that up in there. My mom though, like she was always prepared just in case to this day, like she, she sleep with her gun. She got her whole plan. She know what's up. <laughs> There's always been maybe activity happening like in a backyard, like a chase or something. Y'all probably seen in the movie, the police are chasing someone. They like hop over like fences in the backyard, but never broken into suspicious stuff maybe like people look in and stuff like that and we found that out because neighbors have like cameras now like now things are more advanced and you know there's the ring light and stuff like that so her neighbors would like let her know keep her updating i appreciate the way i was raised i feel like i wouldn't want to be raised in any other place in the world i have a deep pride for where i was raised and appreciation for the way i was raised the life lessons and when we talk about grace and favor like the protection that i've had i think there's a deep appreciation and understanding of god's grace when you are exposed to certain things not only just from a physical danger perspective but just like i could have been raised totally different so many things have swept south central like the crack epidemic my parents, I mean, in everything that they've seen and gone through, friends that they've lost, they had a very deep understanding that we can't protect our children from everything, but the best thing we could do is give them to God. Best thing we could do is pray and let God handle the rest and just trust him that he is watching over like i am a daddy's girl but i was not spoiled at all the recession hit us hard we weren't poor but i would say my parents were frugal <laughs> rightfully so i guess can't remember a time i really asked for something that i wanted for christmas and i got it i just got whatever present you know they got me but i still appreciated it i remember getting my first bike and it was a huge deal even though i was like too small for the bike my parents they they made things work my mom was just a hustler when times got hard like she braided hair on the side to make more money and still made sure dinner was cooked i don't know how she did it all and made sure that we had stuff for school i didn't always have you know the shoes i wanted i didn't always you know i wanted the case swisses and stuff and my mom would always put me in chucks i had every color of chucks but <laughs> never had the shoes that i wanted i probably had my first pair of air forces when i got to make like the eighth grade or something like that but i say that because i used to want i used to wish my parents would divorce <laughs> because kids would brag about getting child support so <laughs> I used to want my parents to split so I could live with my dad. I used to just want like a monthly budget or a monthly money sent for me so I can have more clothes and stuff. I didn't always have everything I wanted, but my parents made sure we had everything we needed, okay? And I understand like it is a toxic thing that parents do to be like, yeah, food on the table, we have put a roof over your head. So it is a little bit of a compromise, like, you know, expecting more emotional empathy from your parents. But looking back, you know, as an adult with working and making sure the household is taken care of, it really was where I'm from a blessing for those things to be taken care of. There are kids that don't get to experience not having to worry about where they're going to lay their head. I am grateful for, and the rest has been, you know, on me to take care of my emotional being and wellness and i think i came out pretty all right the way that my parents were able to raise me in such an environment was instilling god in, in integrity and moral so now my journey to atlanta i'm skipping a whole experience of going to school in miami just as Say the least, it was fun, it was turned, it was an experience, okay? And it was a lot of self-discovery. Moving to Atlanta. I moved here for a job. After moving from college in Miami to back to Los Angeles, I was a new grad. These were kind of slow coming as far as like 
the job. So I would like work retail, work Nordstrom and stuff like that. At the same time, my dad got diagnosed with leukemia and ended up passing away six months after I had moved back home. So I feel like it's crazy when I think about it because I wanted to stay in Miami, but I needed to come to LA because if that would have happened while I was in Miami, the timing of everything that worked out, I mean, even though it is a, it's an unfortunate thing, but I feel like God's timing worked out in that situation. And so after that, um, just lost a lot of motivation. You know, my dad was a huge motivational force for me. Um, anything I did, any idea I had, because he was very much the same. He had always had ideas of businesses he wanted to start so he was always supportive and encouraging of things that i want to do i had like an app idea and he would you know challenge me and wanted me to pursue things and so after that um that was the end of 2016 2017 was really just me trying to wanting one to live life so i wasn't making smart financial decisions you know and i was still staying at home um, I was working, but you know, just being irresponsible and losing a lot of motivation, being discouraged, getting jobs, getting fired, and then going back into retail and not fully tapping into my career potential. And so my sister lived in Atlanta for a while ago. She went to Spelman in the 90s. She thought it was a good idea for me to go, hey, get out the house and really experience being on your own other than college and just get out of the funk. Like I was just, after my dad passed, just so trying to make things still happen, but like just, just all over the place, child. So my reason moving to Atlanta, cost of living in LA, I was, trying to move out of my mom's house but everywhere i look child rent was ridiculous took a leap of faith got connected for a job in atlanta moved out here and been working and been able to live on my own pay my bills pay you know for an apartment within have a little bit of money spare left over to enjoy too and just a need for change and really just be on my own, gain my independence and find myself, you know, and not always have so much influence of what I want to do. Whew, I do miss not paying rent. I miss that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm appreciative. I thank God every day for my finances. Um, and I pray over them because they could be better. Okay, so I moved here and let me say like, Moving to Atlanta over exceeded my expectations of the South, okay? When I first moved here, I've probably been to Atlanta. I've been here twice before I moved here. Once in college because I had a boyfriend that went to Morehouse. So I visit him one spring break. Second time, I was passing through for graduation, met my family here to go to my niece's graduation in Tennessee. And so that was kind of like a stop and go. I moved out here and you know, got a feel for the areas I should move into. Grateful for, you know, the mentors, the women, the support system that I had here. And I definitely think that made a huge difference and, you know, just making things easy. And I, you know, took the advice of people moved in this area and did not look bad. Atlanta is, first of all, it is a city. It is um, a metropolitan city. It's not as city as LA probably, but it is very much like things happening. Actually, there's probably more things here happening like nightlife wise than in LA. I feel like LA, when I left, things were mostly closing at two o'clock and you have like a few after hour spots. I would say more fun nightlife wise Daytime wise, LA is more fun. There's like, you know, more things to do, but I feel like there's there's so much to do here. Like there's hiking options and stuff. I mean, man-made, but the people here for the most part are nice. I don't have really any complaints, honestly. And I, I did expect this of, of more black people. <laughs> that is black excellence is what I do love about moving to Atlanta. There are a plethora of black doctors, of scientists and business owners and black people are rich. <laughs> I love that Atlanta is more diverse than what I thought it to be. I can't say that it is more diverse than LA. It is just a different diverse. Out here you have the same, but maybe less Asians, um, but there is an area in like Beaver Highway, like Doraville where 
there is like an Asian community. And I will say there are more Africans here on the, I guess, East Coast in general. Growing up, I would say it was kind of rare. I remember like maybe one African, I can't think of one in the neighborhood, but like going to school, an African family, and then um, I had an African teacher, you know, they were always, you know, smart. But I mean, there are more, I would say, cultural events, like, and I'm probably just thinking Afrobeats, for instance. Well, I got more into like Afrobeats when I was living in Miami. It wasn't mainstream at all in LA. That's just my interest though. But you know, they're growing um, on that, which is great. I went home and I heard some Afrobeats on the radio. I was like, okay, look at it, look at us catching on. And it's probably the same, like, so K-pop is probably the first to blow up in LA and then trickle over to East. It, I think it has to do with geographically, like just the spread of music and the travel of it. Um, so one of the things I'm learning, Atlanta, it's kind of split by counties. So like there are cities, neighborhoods, not cities, but like more neighborhoods within Atlanta. So where I live at, I live what's considered North Atlanta. So if I were to put in my address, I could either put in Atlanta, Georgia 30346 or Dunwoody, Georgia 30346. So the area I stay in, I first moved here, I guess it would be considered the suburbs. I feel like I'm <laughs> moved in the middle of a huge chain. I've been here four years. It definitely has become more city-like in the area that I live in. So there are new restaurants popping up um, all the time. I live across the street from a mall. So, you know, you're getting people from different parts of the city you know here people from all over the country here um i first moved here particularly my apartment complex and well the area that dunwoody was predominantly indian and now i feel like it's indian black white like it is all that and it's, it's hard to keep up with it because i literally go to work come home, stay in my four corners. I mean, my mom would be very upset that I'm not staying aware of my surroundings. And so, you know, she comes here, like she meets my neighbors, like <laughs> she'll go out for a walk. Cause community is like instilled in her. Like she's that old lady. She needs to know her neighbors. She needs to know just about the area where like she likes to explore and stuff like that. But she'll tell me like, oh yeah, I talk to your neighbors. I'm like, oh yeah, oh. All right, cool. You know, like she'll come here and tell me stuff about my area that I've been living here four years. I wouldn't know. I like I like the area I stay in. Dunwoody, Sandy Springs. So it's like suburban city-ish, um, a lot to do. I could walk to Target and Walmart. And I hardly go down to the city just because everything that I need is here. <laughs> and I mean, when I do, it's usually like, you know, I have friends coming in town and they want to explore, but you know, I was kind of on that more when I first moved here. When I first moved here, I lived a little like East Atlanta, I think still DeKalb County. Like, so where I live is DeKalb County. And so it's one of the things I'm learning about the counties. It's weird because there could be multiple neighborhoods within a county and some of the counties kind of stretch from like North to maybe South Atlanta. And it's like, I don't really understand the point of it. I guess, I think it's for governmental purposes or something like that. Cause coming from, LA, it's like, okay, LA is LA County. And then you go like, okay, there's like Van Nuys and stuff like that. There's the Valley and stuff. But here it's like, say if you tell a person like, oh, so where do you live? It's really hard to say you stay like, and they would answer with a county and it's kind of like, okay, well, what part of that county? It's kind of like LA, it's like, you know, you can't, people don't say like LA County, like, cause that's, that encompasses a lot. Um, here, there's multiple counties within Atlanta, though. Kind of weird and hard to explain. So, like, if people were to say, ask me out here, like, okay, where do you live? I'm, I would say Dunwoody. So I'll pretty much say, like, I, I stay by Perimeter Mall because that's, I know things by landmarks for the most part. Versus, you know, a person, like, if I were to say when I was in L.A., like, what part of L.A. I say, I would say, like, there's the cross streets. Like, I stay off of King Western. Out here, though, when people ask me what part of L.A., I'll say, like, South. LA um you know not expecting that they really know the coordinates or anything so it's interesting learning about that the freeways I feel like first of all Atlanta traffic and I'm gonna say it, Atlanta traffic is worse than LA traffic I said it it is <laughs> it's 
it's terrible. Like, um, especially when I first moved out here. So I work like way north of Atlanta in Alpharetta. So I was making that commute from East Atlanta to Alpharetta. And it would take me, I don't know how many miles, probably like that would be maybe 25 miles, maybe 30 miles from each other. But it would take me two hours to get home when I was staying with my sister's close friend. And it will probably take me in the morning, maybe an hour. I don't, I can't remember, but it was, it was just all traffic. They're trying to, I mean, there's a lot of construction going on now because they're trying to accommodate, you know, the roads and make things more transmissible, I guess with MARTA and stuff like that. But it it's terrible. Cause I, and the thing about it though, is like you could be on the freeway and the exits are like two miles apart, three miles apart. In LA, it's like you have in traffic. If you're in traffic, you get hop off on the next exit and get off, go a different route. So I talk about the diversity differences, the food differences, food. It's always hard for me to say because I grew up, my mom cooked. I mean, we had our set restaurants that we like to go to. And then of course, like when I became an adult, um, I would, you know, experience more restaurants. But I would say LA food is better. Like, <laughs> come on. Weather is better. Food is better. More options in LA. In LA, you have the authenticity of food. Like you have authentic Mexican restaurants here. It's a lot of Tex-Mex, um, but it all depends on what you're looking for in food. So like, I mean, I, obviously I would say out here, there's better Jamaican food because there's probably more real Jamaicans. I would say LA just because so I can be biased because <laughs> I'm from there. It is what it is. I need to be able to say LA for sure. Um, Mexican LA, African Atlanta, Jamaican Atlanta, Asian, I already said like Chinese though, but like other Asian, Vietnamese, Korean, obviously LA. There's a lot of like fusion restaurants and stuff going on here and same as in LA, you know, but I think LA just fusion's better. I don't really know much to say about people. I mean, not, I can't speak too much on the people here because like I said, it's kind of the same as LA where there are a lot of transplants and it's just a very, it's an eclectic place. Um, dating wise, oh my gosh, that's something I had to talk about in another episode. I plan on doing an episode of just dating, just talking about dating, period. But I would say I came here, I mean, more mature here. You know, my dating experience is different than when I was living in LA and not really, you know, trying to get into anything serious and really trying to find myself, trying to be a boss ASB. I took dating as a grain of salt, but like now I think moving here, I don't know if it's gotten on me or I don't know if it has to do with my age or moving here, but I definitely want to like settle down. I think it's always been in my head that eventually I want to get married. I think that it's becoming more realistic. The men here are more gentlemanly as expected because it's the style city boys all over LA. <laughs> but no, I mean, the men are also gentlemen in LA too. It's the same, like people ask me like, did I experience a culture shock? I'm like, it's still America. So not really, not as much as I, I were to move to another country. Like it's not that deep serious. I guess the culture just comes from like, you know, moving from city to, but it, like I said, Atlanta is a city. So it's not even like I moved from the city to a country. Like certain parts of Atlanta, yeah, it, it looks pretty country it's you know dirt roads and i would say the oh, first impression i had when i moved here was like there are a lot of trees there are a lot of trees and i like that because trees are good for oxygen and breathing i think i would take the air pollution over the humidity though it is hot hot lanta baby it is hotter than a mug, okay? My skin be like oily, it's the summer right now. Like all types of things be going on with me. I do miss the dry dry heat. Um, maybe I'm just used to it. People here probably can't stand dry heat, but you know, it's the climate I grew up in. So, you know, I'm used to it. My body's probably adjusted more to it. Here, just be jumping from air conditioners to air conditioner. We make it work. We make sure our air conditioners are working in the car and in the apartment. I like it here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my friends in LA. I never thought that I would be that person that would consider staying in an area based off of like relationship um, that I'm in at the time or for love. You know, before, even though my parents were married they raised me to be independent you know you focus on you you focus on you want to start a business do what you need to do to do you yeah i wasn't really allowed to date until i was older until i was 18 but i mean i had a boyfriend when i was in 
I had two boyfriends when I was in high school. It was kind of like, you know, sneaking to date them. And then I think it's, it's gotten me to that mindset. I think maybe it's just a generational thing. Like we're just all really focused on ourselves. I mean, you have to create stability. You're providing for children. Like <laughs> I want to get married and have kids and the damn kids cost money. Atlanta, I freaking love my people. We are so extra. Atlanta's a scene. It's a scene of people that want to be seen. And it's entertaining. I go to Linux on a Saturday and just, you know, it could get a little bit dangerous there, you know, lately. But it is Flex City. <laughs> yeah, so I've got about two hours to edit. I'm going to close this podcast out. Thank you for listening. Shout out LA if you are from LA. Don't let the people tell you what you is. People come around town, you know, they want to be where we from, okay? Continue to do what is best for you and your family living in LA, child. If you moved from one city to another city, like kudos to you. It is not easy, but it's a decision that you make, you know, to better your life for whatever reason. You gotta do what you gotta do and home will be home. If you need to move out of the city to stack up to come back to LA, if you know, feel like, you know, your heart is in LA, like you can always come back, but like struggling in LA is a worse struggle. <laughs> I did what I had to do to make a better way for myself. And so if that looks like moving to a new city and changing up your surroundings, like trust me, I'm an advocate for that. LA will always have my heart no matter where I am. Like I don't care. Wherever I end up, I'm a go, I'm a represent. I carry LA wherever I go. Thank you for tuning in to the Grace and Favorite Podcast episode two. Woo! And one time for LA, one time for South Central. Woo, woo. See you later. Mogul and they know that. Logo on my flow, man. Course, I chamber.